Hey, coming up on your favorite podcast, it's my buddy Ty and I back for a little bit of pod pre. Going to hit on a couple of different things. I want to get his thoughts on some of the referee stuff that we talked about on the football pod. Get a little bit into the NBA, talk a little baseball, specifically the Twins. And of course, it wouldn't be Ty and I if we didn't talk a little golf the Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed stuff, and, you know, who knows what else we'll get to tonight. Ty and I tend to go down some different paths when we do one of these pods, so it should be fun. It's Little Pod Paris, it's Ty, it's me, and it's next on the pod. Brutus the Barber bringing us in for another podcast. Uh, it's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Ty over there in a... I swear, all the you, you're in a new room every time we do this podcast, and every room looks giant and amazing and uh, got nice windows. Look at you. Where are you at tonight? So this should be our last uh, change of scenery for a while, so I am finally in my office, so... We're all set up. I got a nice desk, nice monitor here. So we're we're set. We're comfy. Fantastic. What are we drinking tonight? Let's get started on that. Nothing exciting tonight. Just just one of those local light loggers, you know. Nothing too exciting. Look at you. Always uh usually you try to do something extravagant, but I guess when it's minus uh ten degrees outside. Hard to get really extravagant in your drinks, right? This is just more about survival at this point. Well, this is sort of a potpourri, so, you know, I'm not sure what the theme is, not sure where we're going. Usually I like to pick like an area based off of what's going on, but we, we're going to be diving into a bunch of topics today. I didn't, I didn't want, uh, didn't want a wapatui in my cup. So, you know, somebody said this to me today and I got to ask you, since you're an ice fisherman, I figured I'll open with this one with you. So a kid in my class, we do a little weekend share out on, Mondays and I always just ask what did you do over the weekend and you know let us you know kind of let me in on what's going on you know all that good stuff this kid goes our ice house froze to the lake yeah That's and I'm like what how does that happen they literally had to leave it on the lake like it's still there they have to go back four hours and try to get it off the lake when it's warmer yeah and there's a number of ways you can get it off. Um, <laughs> you like this. Um, one of the ways that you can get your uh, fish house off of a frozen lake is by bringing a gun into it and shooting a couple of rounds into the floor because of the vibration will essentially uh, break it loose from the ice. Aren't you worried about that gut bullet ricocheting around off of stuff and, you know, catching strays? No, it's a wood floor. You're not worried about that, but you you are going to want to wear some uh, some uh, ear protection in there because that's going to be a small area to be shooting a gun off. But yeah, uh, my father-in-law went through that and he had to pay a lot of money to have his house uh, taken off of the ice. Essentially, they chiseled it all off. And then that was only part of the issue is that there were feet of snow and it was all slush underneath. So he had to hire a bunch of people with powerful snowmobiles so they could pull it with like six snowmobiles at one time to get it off the lake. Cost him a lot of money. I got to tell you, this is you're you're not helping the case for me to go ice fishing. Well, that's why you ice fish with other people, right? Because if if their house gets stuck on the ice, who cares? You know, whatever. 
We're just here to have a good time. So you go to other people's ice house because of that. You don't own your own ice house, do you? No, I have portables, but no, I don't have my own ice house. Now, portables can even get frozen in. Now, you'd have to be kind of silly to let that happen because it's it doesn't just happen randomly, right? It would happen because of probably a warm-up and then a cool-down, so you don't want to leave it out there, um, or you just have to move it a little bit. Um, you, you know, it, you, you kind of got to be smart with that stuff. So there can't probably was a mistake it? made. Can't you park it so, like, it's off the ice just a little bit, like, enough to get you moving? Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, usually what you'll do is you'll put it up on blocks. So at the very worst, your blocks will freeze in. And then you have to leave with blocks, but that's about it. Um, but sometimes the slush can freeze up above your blocks or people don't block it. Um, so, yeah, it's a real thing. And just imagine, you know, you only have so much time to get it off. If you can't get it off, it's, it's you know, it's a part of the lake. You're going to be paying a big old fine. Count me Ter- out. You're terrifying. not helping me. You're not helping this case at all here. It's terrifying. Yeah. Especially when it's miles away. It's four hours. Like, how do you, that, there's a lot of logistics that go into that. Ice fishing is not an easy entry sport at all. It costs a lot of money. You need a lot of gear. You got to be like a pro's pro is what you're saying. And yeah, you can't just be a rookie strolling your way in there. That's where you got to um, go into somebody else's ice house. But, or how about this? I got a great idea. If the lake is so cold that you can park your ice house and it could get frozen there. It's too cold. Isn't that official? Like maybe that's the sign that you should stay home and consider a different activity. Well, the colder it is, the less freezing in issues you're going to have. It's actually the warm weather that usually causes the issues. So it's warm and then it gets cold. Like you can't risk that, right? Like it can't be 35 and then be 10 degrees below overnight. That's the problem. Right. Aha. It's just the changes in temperature. You just you just got to be smart. It happens. Uh, my father-in-law is smart, and it still happened to him. So it's just one of those things. I've told you this. So you're, you, you drive up. Mm-hmm. You stop into the bar. You get a road pass. You drive out onto the lake, and you walk into a warm fish house, and you start fishing. Does that sound so bad? That's why you need friends. That doesn't sound so bad. You can watch the football game. You can watch the wild I was game. Say, you know what else friends can do? Like they can go to the casino. They can get a hotel. They can have yeah, a nice house fish. that I can go hang out in. Nope. Can't catch fish when you're doing it. Well, who the, who the fuck? Who the fuck who the, listen, fish between April and November or October. I get to golf around there. I can't just go play winter golf. It's not the same. You sit in a, a totally temp controlled. You're sitting in your camping chair. With the rod in your hand. You don't get to do that in the summer. Listen, there's it's just a different thing. I'm going to argue that there is absolutely no skill in ice fishing. None whatsoever. Like there is, <laughs> we could argue there is skill in regular fishing because you got to, you know, you got to use the right lure, cast the line. You got to do all the different stuff. There's skill and technique into, into fishing on a lake that's not frozen. Ice fishing is just dropping your line in and it's just dumb luck. Like there's nothing to it. Where's the skill? Now everybody's like, well, there's a honey hole. You got to know where the honey hole is and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you can take that honey hole and shove it up your ass. You're not going to move your ice house every six minutes to a new honey hole. Ice fishing is more patience than it is skill, I would say. I mean, there's an art to to jigging your line and and working. So if, if a fish comes onto your Vexlar, 
Are you familiar with a Vexlar? You're speaking a completely different language to me. It's man. it's a flasher. So essentially, it's sending. <laughs> I'm going to call that to everybody that flashes me going forward. It's a Vexlar. <laughs> I go, continue. So it sends a signal down to the bottom of the lake, and then send it, sends it back up. And if it senses something, you get a line on your flasher. So it's like a little. I don't even know how to explain it. Just good old fashioned cheating is what it is. I mean, just call it what it is. It's cheating. Okay. We can call it cheating, but the point is, is when you find a fish, you're supposed to, depending on species, but walleye, perch, you know, sunfish, things like that, you want to bring your bait up above it and then work the fish up. The higher you get it up and the less time you give the fish to examine your bait, the more aggressive it'll be. So there's, there is skill to it. I would say that it's much more patience though. And dumb luck. I will, I will say that, but it's like I said, it's another excuse to get hammered. There's that too. Although my buddy who ice fishes the most, Tony, you know, I'm one of the scumbags doesn't drink. He's at a all. total scumbag, so, by the way. Yeah. Total, total scumbag, scumbag, but doesn't drink. Okay. Not a drop. Interesting. Very fair. Speaking of fun things, I wanted to tell you. Okay. I have been playing pickleball lately. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Tuesdays. Have you so, found something, a new, a new little niche sport for you? Yeah, I think I have. It's not my favorite sport in the world, but I will say it's not going anywhere. And I think it's something, there's a couple rules in pickleball that make it very playable and very fun. And I think that uh, is why it's so popular in the older generations is because, you know, you can play other sports like that and it can be all, you know, speed and, and strength and hand-eye coordination there's a lot of strategy in pickleball and there's a couple rules that really stop the, you know, the big guns from dominating. And I think that's why, you know, you'll show up to a pickleball court and there might be an 80 year old guy on the other side. You think you're going to smoke him and he smokes you because of strategy and, and kind of treachery. So it's a good time. I recommend you. Where do you play pickleball? Where do you, where are you at for that? So I started at the Andover community center, the Y not, uh, you can play separate of the Y I am a Y member, but, uh, and then now that I've gotten in playing with a group of six guys on Tuesday mornings, we play at Lucky Shots in Northeast. So that Fun. it's there's like thirty some courts. It's all pickleball courts. It's awesome. It's a good time. I'm gonna have to look into that. That'd be yeah. fun. You know, the sport that I really got in that I didn't last long because when Bunker redid their clubhouse, they got rid of it. Was volleyball? Yeah. God, I liked volleyball. That that was the most fun. I, I could have played volleyball. Three nights a week. Volleyball is like a great time. Yeah. Like nobody plays volleyball anymore. But it's not accessible because racquetball courts are being torn down faster than, you know. Because nobody plays squash and nobody plays racquetball. Right. But they should just make those permanent volleyball courts and start volleyball leagues. Right. We There was volleyball league in uh, college for intramurals. So, God, that'd thing. be fun. Was. I would enjoy the hell out of some volleyball. We got to get right. in on that. I thought you were going to say racquetball, so that was funny. No, well, racquetball, I suck at that. I'm, I'll take one right to the balls. Like, that's the thing I was always worried about. <laughs> I was always worried, like, we hit that racquetball perfect in the right spot. All of a sudden, that's this most unforgiving. Uh, I think there's a great scene. Like, there's the movie Wildcats with Goldie Hawn, the football movie, where the guy takes a racquetball right in the stones, like, three minutes into the movie. And you're like, well, that's it for that sport. That sounds like zero fun. I'm out on that. <laughs> Well, yeah, with racquetball, the scariest thing is uh, getting hit in the face. Well, yeah, you don't want a racket or a ball. You're supposed to wear eye protection, but uh, yeah. I'm out on all of that. Pickleball is very safe. I've I've played pickleball. I enjoy it. I like pickleball. 
That's a good one for us. Maybe us old guys. That'll be yeah. good for us when we get really old and we can't do anything anymore. That'll keep us moving. I think so. Hey, let me ask you this. So you heard the pod yesterday. A uh, lot of talk about NFL officiating, rigging, those kinds of things. I wanted to give you an opportunity to weigh in on it. Uh, you watch the games. I think we can agree that the, there's an officiating issue, but are you starting to go as deep as Zach and Ryan on this, or are you not there yet? No, I'm not there yet. And the more I – this whole issue of officiating, you have been very consistent on it. i got to give you credit on that. Um, you're starting to pull me in your direction, right? You and I are able to have sensible conversations similar to politics. And, and I really appreciate your, and, and I appreciate you just being consistent on the whole issue. Like, Hey, I get it. That might not have been a right call, but you can't live and die blaming the refs because it's a never ending thing. And I will say, I don't have to worry too much about it because I know Ryan doesn't listen to this podcast, but (laughs) I will say that. I don't know that it's necessarily a fixable issue. Like his big thing was NFL needs to fix it. They need to F and fix it. They need to F and fix it. I don't know that it's fixable. And I don't know that necessarily moving them to full time. It's not going to hurt, right? It's certainly not going to hurt, right? Go ahead, do it. Why haven't they done it? I don't know. I don't, I think that as long as the human element is a part of the game, which I don't know that anybody's really pushing for it not to be, you're going to have these discussions because there's going to be blown calls I thought the officiating was like blatantly one-sided kind of in both games, certainly the second game, but I don't, I don't one bit think it was rigged. Um, I've never gone there. Um, You know, it's, it's fun to, to argue with your buddies about, but the games aren't rigged. Nobody's calling the refs and saying, make sure Pat Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry to, you know, to rain on those people's parade. Now, Two things can be true at one time, right? Better players or or more established players are going to get calls. And I now it's not rigged. Again, there's no email going out. But is uh, Ron, Ron Torbert going to get in trouble uh, if he makes a call that gets Pat Mahomes into the Super Bowl because the NFL ultimately wants their stars in the you know they want and Joe Burrow's a star too by the way like there's no and and they certainly didn't get in Joe Burrow's way last year. Right. Totally agree. Um, but as far as now this un, you know, unknown linebacker, whatever he was from Cincy going up against Pat Mahomes, right? Pat Mahomes is going to get that call. Um, I'm just not going to say that, that, that there's a fix for it. That's the frustrating part. I just don't think that you know, there's really anything they can do. They, now they can always tweak the rules. They, they do like – you know, they, they put new rules in, like uh, reviewing um, pass interference calls. Clearly, that didn't work. So they went back on it. Good for them. Uh, but there's no one thing that's going to fix this. Making the refs full-time is not going to fix this. Um, there's no, you know, there's no getting rid of the illegal contact or hands to the face or anything yeah, that's I think they fix need, this. I, I, this is where I did agree with Zach. I thought that... You know, we got to get, we, it's over, I've been saying forever it's over legislated, that it's an impossible job and referees have to differentiate between what's illegal contact and what's holding and then what's pass interference and what's five yards, what's 15 yards. Uh, I want to eliminate the automatic first downs and I want to totally eliminate agree. spot, and I want to eliminate spot fouls. I just, yep. I, I know they disagree with me on that, 
got to eliminate the spot foul. Like, uh, make it a 15-yard penalty like high school and college. college, and it's exactly how it should be, and I think we would see a very different game. But do you think then at the end of the games it's going to be – that's that's what you don't want is you don't want it to be the strategy that, hey, if you get burned, you pull the guy down. That's right? a strategy. Right now the offense has a strategy of, oh, well, F it. Let's just throw, throw it up there it. and hope we get a pass interference call. Like right. it goes both ways. Right. And that's why I think there's always going to be an argument and a counter argument to every single rule. I think the the best thing you could possibly do, like you guys mentioned, is to let the pl- – so call less things. That's the most consistent you, thing you can do. If the, the general rule of thumb is if you're not sure, don't call it, that's the most consistent uh, rule I think you could come up with. Um, otherwise, I wish I had a solution. Uh, every sport we're gonna, we're talking about officiating, we're talking about it in basketball. It's a big deal in hockey, although hockey's done a pretty good job. I don't know if it's just the nature of the game. We're talking about in football, and certainly we're talking about it in baseball. So go figure. It's not uh, it's not a centralized issue. Speaking of referees, even, oh, go ahead. I don't, I don't even know that's an issue, right? It it creates dialogue, right? Controversy is di- dialogue is controversy, or whatever you want to call it. The fact that people are talking about the fact that it's water cooler talk, isn't that what this are we just playing into their hand and thinking that they're as concerned as we are? I bet they're not. Well, I had to do 10 minutes on ice fishing. So whatever it was to get us into that, I guess you're right. You know, I had to wait 10 minutes for that. But there you go. Hey, let me ask you this. Speaking of refereeing, uh, we did touch on this briefly last night, but I was actually saving this for our discussion because it's part of a broader discussion. Uh, The LeBron no call and his subsequent reaction. I, I, you know, he is a great player and he will be one of the three greatest players or four greatest players in NBA history when he retired. No question about it. Right. But I've never met a player less likable in my NBA watching life than LeBron James. Like nobody makes me want to watch less basketball than LeBron James. And I think it's because, I mean, what a fucking baby. I mean, what a, that no call happens and you act like, like, like someone literally ran his dog over by the mail. Like the mailman ran over his dog and he's just hysterical. He's in tears. How does he function? You know, I, I just couldn't believe a, he didn't get a technical B he didn't get thrown out of the game. And it's like, boy, if that's anybody else, you know, they're tossed, they're out of there. They don't get to come back. You know, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And I just go back to what I said uh, to you. And what I think we've talked about is that, when you constantly whine about calls every trip down the floor, I got fouled, I got fouled, and I watch it in high school games all the time. It makes me nuts when I'm calling games on QC. The kids never believe they commit a foul because they go on TV and they watch LeBron. LeBron never commits a foul. Whoa, hey, never commit a foul. I have never fouled a day in my life. But every trip down the floor, hey, man, I'm getting fouled every trip down the floor. Why don't you call? And it's like at some point, if you're a referee, you're like, what do you want me to do? You know, if I don't call it, you're pissy. If I call it, you're pissy. Like, I don't know what you want. So you just, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. And I'm good with it. Quit your quit your whining. Go win in the overtime. You know, I it's the shit I don't like about the modern NBA in general. And it's also just what I don't like about LeBron. It was like anybody who hates LeBron, here's a 10-second clip, and there you go. That's the case. That's the whole case on LeBron. But I don't know. Did you see it? Your comments on it? And then I'm going to ask a more broad NBA question when you're done. So first off, I hate the NBA. I just had to get that out. 
of uh, out of the way. And that wasn't always the case. Um, we should have a broader discussion about. Um, You're leading me right there. Good segue. I know. I know. Keep going. <laughs> we should have a broader discussion about um, the different sports and how well they've handled. Um, what do you want to call it? I'm blanking on the term, but essentially, you know, being even across and every team having an opportunity, right? Yeah. Parody. Parody. Um, the NBA has, has certainly failed at that. LeBron is doing himself no favors. I used to be a big LeBron fan. My wife used to make fun of me, big LeBron fan, right? The first time around in, in, uh, with the Cavs. Uh, I could not dislike him more. I did not even, I saw the, you know, I saw the clips on social media of him, you know, reacting the way he, that he did. And yeah, I saw the, the Patrick Beverly stuff. What a clown. Um, I actually like Patrick Beverly, but that was really. I do too. That was so bad. So bad. Just, so just bad. that's making a mockery of the sport. And that's just, you couldn't show up the refs any more than what he did. I, I would honestly, in that situation, which again, I do like Patrick Beverly, don't like LeBron. I'll take what LeBron does over what Pat Bev does because that's just that's just embarrassing. But I didn't even I don't even have to look it up. I have no idea. But I could guarantee they did not win that overtime. Right? They did not win the overtime. And in you fact, they, think, they basically just died in that overtime. They didn't even really. You would think try. watching that clip that that they were down a point, right? Because the game was over at that point. By LeBron's yep. reaction, the game was over. Could you be a worse leader than to show your team, you know what, because I didn't get fouled there, the game's over? You walk over to your team, you get in the the huddle, and you say, you know what, whatever, F them, let's win. Let's win in overtime. That's all you do, right? You you might be pissed off as I'll get out about it. Um, Couldn't be a worse leader. Um, Again, on record, not a LeBron fan, not an NBA fan. You just don't act like that. Um, But, yeah, it's it's an overarching issue with the NBA. Um, And – you could say basketball in a way that that they have gotten similar to the NFL, where when the ball is in the air, by way of quarterback throwing to a receiver, is similar to a player driving towards the basket. It's like you could call a foul or pass interference on most plays because there's contact. They've gotten away from the NBA of the old. They called way fewer fouls, and there was better parity. People enjoyed it more. Um, and then the NFL, similarly, right? The defenders just don't have a chance. Um, and I think that calling less in both sports would would make it a lot more enjoyable. Like Zach said, let the players decide it. Why not? And I guess I – and here's my my realization on all of this. It kind of crystallized, like, the whole thing for me. I think, as you said, you're coming over to my side on some things. I'm coming over to you. I've been an NBA guy for the for a long time. Like basketball really became my sport in the mid '90s. I started playing it late. I started watching late '80s with the Wolves, and I was in on those bottom of the basement Wolves teams. Like from day one, I was all about the Wolves. I didn't care that they were shitty. It didn't matter. They were my team, and I was a rider for the for the Wolves every night. Didn't matter if we were bad or not. I loved our guys. I loved our team. And I loved it when we had to play like the good teams. Like, man, we were going to get our asses whipped by the Bulls, but it didn't matter. Our guys were playing the Bulls tonight. And I was just, I was, I was a total rider for Doug West and for, um, 
you know, even Christian Leitner and J.R. Ryder. And I was a total rider for Kevin Garnett when we got him. And, and I just, I've been a Wolves guy forever. I've watched th- one quarter of Wolves basketball, you know, really this year. You know, and most of it was this Saturday night. I haven't watched a lot of Wolves. Um, I've been following, like I checked the box scores. I haven't watched the games. And I haven't watched a lot of games on TNT. And I think Barkley's brilliant. And I love the NBA TNT show. I can't watch the games. And I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to watch the games. And I can't watch them. And I think it's just because the product is just, to me, it's now a lot of people like, I'm in the minority. A lot of people like the product as it is right now. They love the high scoring. They love the up and down. They love the chucking it 50 times from three-point land. Like, they love the they love all of that. And as I'm getting older, the less I love that. Because what it's done is it has it's just completely eliminated facets of the game that used to be really important. Like, the game was built on stuff. Just like baseball used to be built on things. You know, now it's launch angle, hit home runs, and for basketball, it's shoot threes. And it's just not the game I want to watch. Like, it's just not the game I grew up watching, and I don't think it's the game I want to keep watching. I wonder if I'm out on the NBA. And I don't know what to say. It's it's kind of sad. Like, I'm sad because I haven't watched any college basketball. I haven't watched any NBA. I've watched very little NHL. I'm in, like, a sports hole here. Like, I did the NFL. I watched the NFL because I had a podcast. Like, I felt obligated, and I liked the NFL. I was obligated to watch every week because we were doing a pod. But, like, now it's like, I don't, I'm not obligated to watch anymore. What do I do? I don't know what to do here, Ty. But I think I've come to your side, and I feel like you've ruined basketball forever for me. I know. I'm sorry. What do you have to say about this? Also, you're welcome. Uh, So, Kayla and I were at the gym yesterday. And we're walking on the treadmill and from the treadmills, you can see down into, I don't know if it's the Y gym or the, or the community center gym, but there's like eight young people, seven young people and one probably guy my age playing basketball. And it's uh, make it, take it. There were not a lot of makes. Um, and it was the guy who's my age down there throwing elbows, getting greasy. He was probably, you know, five foot five and stockier down there actually playing real basketball and all the young guys, it'd be just take your turn, just take it out. Jack of three miss rebound. Someone take it out. Jack of three miss. I told Kayla, I'm like, this is hard to watch. And that's what watching the NBA is like. Uh, now they make a few here and there, but who cares? These guys have extended their range so much. You can't defend it. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to board it because they make it 60% of the time. Like that's not interesting to me. I do have respect for a guy like Steph Curry because I think he's undersized and he's figured it out. And he truly is one of the best players ever. I love Steph. I think Steph would get killed 25 years ago. Yeah. Steph wouldn't have played in the NBA 25 years ago. Well, if he could shoot threes like he does, he could. Yeah, he'd be a bench guy like Steve Kerr because he'd get killed. He'd get in the paint one time against Carl Malone and Carl Malone would kill him. Yeah. I have been out on the NBA for a long time and I would say probably like 2010 and earlier. So maybe 2000 and 2010, I watched 82 games a year, you know, might not stay up until the end, but I watched every single game. If I was available, I watched the game. Same with the twins. Always watch the Vikings. I don't know if I'll ever be able to give that up. 
Um, and I watched every single wild game. I would flip back and forth. And now I have no interest in watching the, the Timberwolves. I follow every game because I'm weird. Um, so I could tell you what happened, what the stat lines were, but I have no interest in watching. Have you ever talked to someone um, who says they watch no sports? I used to think, man, that would be terrible to, to like, you know, wake up on a Sunday in the fall and be like, you know what? I'm th- I think I'm going to do some yard work today. The, oh, do, do the Vikings play? I, I was like, man, those guys are losers or girls. And now I'm like, you know what? That sounds kind of nice. No stress. Yard, I'm, I'm not with you on the yard work. I'm out no, on the yard I work. Know, Sorry, I'm but, not going to do that. But as far as not caring about sports, like that sounds kind of nice. I have reached that spot, and it's so weird because like, I love you have. sports. It's been and I my, respect you for that. It's been my it's been my existence since you I took was, your purple glasses off. Yeah, Good since I was seven years old, it's been my existence is sports, right? That's been my whole thing. I've uh, been playing a sport, watching sports. It's been the only thing I've really, really kind of latched on to, right, since I was seven. And now I'm like 41, and I'm at this weird crossroads where I feel like games are starting to pass me by, like, and they don't they don't resemble the games I watched. And I don't know if that's just because I was younger and I looked at the game differently than I do now. Like maybe I'm more cynical. Maybe I'm, I don't know, more depressed. I don't know what the word is, right? I don't know. But it's like the games just don't look or feel or sound like what I'm used to and like what I wanted. And I don't know how to embrace the new like, I don't know how to, and I, and I need to learn how to, and this is where hanging out with you because you're younger than me and you're hipper than me and you're fresher and you got a better, you got a, you got a sense of the world around you. Like, this is where I need a little guidance because I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. I just feel like, holy shit, I'm ready to give up the NBA. Just like, holy shit, I didn't watch a lot of baseball last year and holy shit, I don't like hockey. I mean, and I should like hockey. God damn it. I should. I really should. And I haven't watched any college basketball. Ah, and golf, even golf. I've watched like six rounds of golf this year. I don't know. And I don't plan on watching this weekend because it's pebble and it's fucking terrible to watch that tournament on TV. Ah, I don't know what to do, Ty. Help me out. I wish I could talk you off a ledge, but I honestly... I'm leaning more towards what you're saying. Uh, again, I look up to you for it. I appreciate the fact that you don't live and die on every result uh, locally. Question for you, though. Yeah. Do you think it would be different if we lived in a market like Boston? Or Philadelphia. Oh, God. Don't get With me those insane moron fans. Speaking of scumbags. Those scumbags from Philly. I'm sorry to all of our Philly listeners. What if, seriously, would you say that, though, if you were living in Philly and, and, like, everything was the cat's ass every time you, like, watched a game? Oh, the Eagles are good. Oh, every five years they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, that's got to be tough. Must be nice. And, and then the Phillies go to the World Series. Think about it. Think about this. This year, in Philadelphia, World Series, they didn't win it, but they went. Going to the Super Bowl. They have potentially the NBA's MVP in Joel Embiid. And the Flyers have a sweet-ass logo. And a fun mascot. And fun mascot, yeah. 
The Phillies have a fun mascot too. Yeah. Like, like everything is, everything is roses. Everything is roses. Everything's amazing. And you come here and, and, and what do you got? Honestly, nothing. It's like all the twins got new uniforms. That's what we get to be excited about. Hey, the Timberwolves have 74 jerseys that they wear and none of them are their team's colors. Awesome. You know what I heard the other day? Let me get excited about that. Is that the Wild should uh, permanently adopt their uh, North Star colored jerseys. I'm like, I do oh, like them. They, I do yeah, like them, but, but... But that team left, right? Yeah. We're not the North Stars, right? So you could bring a new team to town and give them the same colors. They're still not the North Stars. That's gone. That team still exists. They're in, they're in Dallas. I don't know if anybody heard. They didn't fold. Stuff like that. It's it's just so Minnesotan, and you know we have nothing to we have no laurels to rest on. Uh, it's frustrating, and yeah. I see the guy who doesn't even know whether or not the Vikings play on Sunday, and I'm like, man, I think I, I think I want that. I do. I either that or I need I need to adopt a completely new fan base. Like this is one of the things. Like when I picked up New England. Out. When I picked up New England in 2001, right at the precipice of Tom. Supposedly. No, 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 fact, fact, not supposedly. Let's see the receipts. What do you mean see the receipts? I watched the damn Super Bowl and I said I'm a Tom guy. Everybody watched the Super Bowl. No, not everybody watched it. I'm rooting for Tom. I said (laughs) Tom is my guy, my guy. I'm taking Tom. I am going to ride with Tom. And I rode for 23 years now, pretty much. I've been riding. And I've been riding for the Patriots. And I got to tell you, life as a Patriots guy, holy shit, it's way better. Like, it's not even close. Like, especially being a Patriots fan not in Boston. Holy shit, that's awesome. It's way more fun. You should try it sometime. Yeah, I've thought about it. Should we get on the ground floor of a bad team and just start anew so we can say that we were there? You know what my buddy Chris and I tried? We really tried to mostly facetiously go hard on like an XFL or UFL team, but they keep folding. <laughs> I can't yeah, they got to live more than a couple years. I know. It's tough. But maybe we need to get in on the ground floor of a sport. Yeah. Then you could really be an OG. Like like F1 racing? Should we start watching uh, that on Sunday mornings? The, I don't know if you'd be ground floor. Maybe locally. Be on the locally? Yeah, how many F1. local guys are sitting there watching Max Verstappen? I know one. One person who that's all. That's the only sport he watches. I used to watch. And that's the thing, too. I used to watch NASCAR racing. Yeah, same. I used to love watching NASCAR racing. I can't yeah. remember the last time I sat down and watched a NASCAR race. Like, when was maybe, the last time I watched the Daytona 500? Probably, maybe, like, five years ago. Maybe that's why we like golf and we should watch NASCAR. Is because there's not really a local angle to it. You kind of just root for who you root for. So, like, I was a big Jimmy Johnson fan. That's just it. All the drivers I liked aren't there anymore. Now I got a whole bunch of dudes I don't know. Well, driving uh, shitty-ass-looking cars. But nobody's telling you who you should root for. You get to choose on your own. Whereas, I was born in a Vikings jersey. 
right? I didn't get a choice. Now you feel like you got no choice. No choice. No choice. Yeah, I can't change. Like you, you, can't, you throw you that out. No. See, no. I, what you need is an AFC a, team. Like I have I the Patriots have a and the Vikings. towards every team because we've played them at some point. It's been a big game, and I hate them. You have to have an AFC team. I think you're permitted an AFC team. But I don't. I don't have one. Well, you could get in on the Chiefs right now. I will take you Say Mahomes. that you're a writer for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not, well, okay. So getting back into are the games rigged, Patrick Mahomes, State Farm, playing at State Farm Stadium. Oh, God. Now, Come what are you on. doing? Don't do they this. Try, they tried to get Rodgers in. Did they not? But they didn't. They could they have, but they did they not. But they tried. Sorry, Zach. Not not even Aaron Rodgers could be willed into the playoffs nor the Super Bowl. What about you know? Maybe you got to get in now that D'Amico Ryan's is going to go to Houston. Get in on the Texans now. Like just buy them. See, I'm like uh, an adopted uh, Houston person already. I have family there. There you go. Houston. You could be an Astros guy. Oh. <laughs> NBA, NBA. Uh, no, nope, and get in it. on the Texans. Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry, Michael and Ada. Can't do it. Not that's tough. Not the Astros. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fair. That that's is fair. fair. That, no, it's very fair. Very fair. Hey, can we talk baseball for a minute? Yes. Um, the Carlos Correa trade or the signing. We haven't really touched it, you and I. We have not. So he goes to San Francisco. That deal falls through. Goes to the Mets. That deal falls through. And he falls right back to the Twins for a six-year deal, which has potential for a 10-year deal with incentives. The whole circus ends, the music stops, and Correa's a twin. Your thoughts? So I've developed my thoughts on Correa a lot since he played for us last year. I was very excited that he signed with us. I know it was a one-year deal. It felt very Minnesota Twins, Um, you know, no risk. Um, It also felt confusing because it's like, you don't, you know, you don't really have a chance this year. You know, you're not really building a lot around him. Why go out and sign one player? But again, it was it was pretty low risk. And what it ended up working out for is he was able to play here. And it, it certainly gave us an inside, um, you know, chance to sign him long term. So I'll give them that. My issue with Carlos Correa was, one, everyone touted the fact that he's such a great locker room guy. I felt like a lot of that fizzled out, you know, after about six weeks of the season, we heard none of that, how good he was in the locker room and how he's teaching these guys to expect to win. And um, I know he was kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries, but the biggest issue I have with Carlos Correa, and this could be just happenstance, right? It could be just one example. Um, but the guy who replaced him in, in Houston proved he's, he's pretty replaceable, right? All of a sudden, this guy is World Series MVP. It's just this stud. They all love him. Don't miss Carlos Correa one bit. Um, that's not a great thing for Carlos Correa and his value, um, at least the way I saw it. It also bothers me a little bit that we're the third, you know, the third choice for Carlos Correa. Does that matter in the long term? Probably not. Um, is he a good player? Yeah, he's, he's a really good player. But I don't see us doing enough around him for it to matter a whole lot. And it just, again, the whole deal felt very Minnesota, right? We're going to make an offer, but it's not going to be good enough for him to actually going to take. But, you know, we threw out $100 bucks. We, you know, whatever. 
you know, we threw out a lot of money. You can't, you can't blame us. Well, he was never going to sign for that. Right. That that's what we like to do in a lot of cases with pitchers. It's like, Oh, the twins, the twins were interested. They made an offer. Well, what was the offer? Oh, it was, you know, 70% of the other offers. It's like either go get them or not. Right. Don't be the third fiddle. Um, in fairness, I would have never paid what the Giants offered him. The 13 years, 350, there's no way that you could have given him that. And I would have never given him that. And I would, if that was the going rate, if, they, if Scott Boris came to the Twins and said it's got to be 13 for 350, I'd have told him that, he, I'm sorry, but that's thanks, but no thanks. So, And same with the Mets. The Mets coming back and doing 10 for 315, I I'm, I was out on that too. Like, and you don't want 13 years of anybody. I'm no, sorry. No, I don't want 10 at, years of anybody. You want, hey, what do you think of, what do you think the angels think of the, the pool holes deal? How'd that work out for them? What about Miguel Cabrera? Yeah. The Tigers have to that? sit on Cabrera for 40 million this year. Yeah. No, no, thank you. 30, I mean, it's a different sport, but look at what the Prezi and Suter deals are doing to the wild, like 13 years of anybody is not good. Unless you're signing someone out of the draft, that's not even a chance. 13 years, you just can't do it. You got you to say thanks, but no thanks. So when you get him back here at six for two-something, now all of a sudden I'm like, that's a deal I can live with. Yeah. Because if he lives up to these incentives, which means he's playing at an all-star high level for six years, and it kicks in some extra money... Hey, that's great because that's earning your money on the back end of a deal, and I respect that. Uh, I can totally live with that. I can't live with it at, you know, at ten. I wouldn't want to guarantee the ten. I'd be happy to guarantee the six. Happy to do that. Never would guarantee ten. No chance. I think that's a really. Uh, it ended up working out for the twins. I mean, it really did. Yeah. And I don't blame the twins for getting back in at six years, two hundred. You got them to come back to you. Hey, that's great. Right. And at the end of the day, you don't need to be the first team. You just have to be the last team. And how do you feel about the medical stuff? You know, it's interesting. I guess I, I want to hear what the Mets – I wish they could say they're not going to because obviously there's confidentiality in medical whatever, but apparently it's his ankle. We talked to Zach about this a bunch. There's some sort of metal plate from years ago. It's an old injury. So it's not anything that's even new. It's just something that's there, and they think it's degenerative, and they think it'll be something that affects him – you know, long-term, which again, I'll live with that if I got six years. I would have not wanted that if it was 13. And the fact is you'd be playing a, a 41-year-old shortstop. Like that would, that right. doesn't make sense. But I'm willing to gamble on this for six years, especially since he can play shortstop. We can move him to third base, maybe down the road he DHs. Like there's lots of choices here. And I like him with the other guys on the team. Um, I like him with a, a Royce Lewis coming back, a Jose Miranda. I like him with Buxton if we can ever get Buxton healthy. I mean, is Buxton even under contract? Oh, he's got a long term deal he signed. Oh, okay. So you have Buxton and Correa as these kind of cornerstone players for the next seven years. Like, I'm in on that. And you got Polanco, and you got Kepler, and you got some pieces that I like. Like, that's nice. That's really good. Um, I still don't know if you can pitch, which is why I was actually kind of glad they traded a rise because now you got a pitcher and another prospect that you might like. But 
it all it, you I felt like if you weren't going to get Correa, you had to get aggressive and do something. And not only did they get Correa, but they did move Arise and got something. So all in all, the Twins come out looking really good after like a month ago, they looked really bad. I don't know if I'm ready to concede that they look really good, but it seems like they're making deals for the future, right? It's not just a bunch of one-year deals. I haven't seen, you know, that could come. Baseball's weird where all of a sudden a, a lot of guys are are free agents until after training camp even starts, which is weird in itself. But uh, I just haven't seen a bunch of, uh, you know, one-year pitchers on $2 million deals that they're going to be like, well, this could be our fourth starter. And really they're, you know, somebody else's seventh starter. And they're coming off an injury, right? We love those. Well, you do love those, and sometimes they work, right? Carl Pavano, that worked. You know, sometimes you get a guy in the, on a deal and you can get something out of him. I actually thought they got something out of Pineda. But, you know, you got to pick your spots, right? I, I just think, like, and I know people got after me because I was so I was very pro-arise trade. I Before it happened, I was like, he's your only movable piece. You need to move him and get an arm. Like, you got to do it. And it makes sense to do it because, he's yes, he's a great hitter. He's a great hitter, but he's a great hitter at a position you already got a guy in Polanco and in Lewis and in Nick Gordon. So, like, he didn't play any of the positions you wanted to play him at. He was playing first base mostly last year. And he's not a first baseman because he's not a natural first baseman. And he doesn't hit for any power. He had two home runs last year. And we need to have guys who can hit the ball over the fence occasionally at that position, I think. So to me, I thought he was expendable. And I actually think we got we got max value. He was never going to be worth more than he was this offseason. You move him. Like everybody's like, well, why don't you just trade Kepler instead or Kirilov? For what? Right. You're going to get a, a bucket of balls for Kepler? Like nobody's going to want that. Right. The biggest upgrade would be getting Kepler out of your lineup. Right. Although a lot of people are looking at Kepler now that the shift is banned. And they're thinking Kepler could have a nice rebound. I'll believe that when I see it. Right. But it's possible. And I'm open to at least waiting on that. You know, if Trevor Bauer signs a deal with somebody, we I want bring Trevor Kepler Bauer in. here. I, well, yeah, absolutely. I want Trevor Bauer here. But if he signs a deal with somebody, we could bring in Kepler on like a one day contract to hit against Trevor Bauer because all he does is hit home runs against him. 100%. 100%. I want Trevor Bauer here. The only thing I want to make sure is that all the ladies know that he's in town and that he's a tough right. guy to be around. Maybe he could be on uh, some maybe sort don't of registry. Date him. Yeah, yeah, maybe he needs to like go door to door and say like, "Hey, I'm moving into the neighborhood." And don't talk to. Want to let you know that uh, you know. Let me just focus on my baseball here, please, because I tend to have a tough time controlling myself. Uh, you know, X, sometimes y, I just turn around, and throw the ball right over the center field. I fence. throw it right over the center field fence, and you know, I beat the hell out of my girlfriends. You know, that's yeah. that's uh, that's what I do. It's my thing. You know, just stay away from these nice Minnesota girls, please. Yeah, just if you come here, Trevor, and you pitch, just pitch. Do me a favor, just pitch. Get an Uber. Get right back to your hotel or your apartment or wherever you're living for the year, and just stay there. Order in, order take in. Yep. You know, get the Uber Eats or the dry, DoorDash. They'll bring you the food, yep. and you never have to leave your. And they'll bring. will get a car service for you the next morning. You're good. You never have to go outside. We think he deserves to. Sign a deal, right? There's no yeah. reason he should yeah. be banned from baseball for, two for years. the rest of his life. He's been out for two years. He he did not um, 
Hey, he's been out for two years. He wasn't convicted of anything as much as I think there's probably plenty of evidence there. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, at some point, I don't necessarily believe in lifetime bans. You know, if you've served a debt, whatever that debt is, you've earned the right to play. Like you have the right to go and either earn a living or do the things that, that people will pay you to do. Trevor Bauer did himself no favors with the way he no, he's a total was such an adversary of, of Major League Baseball. Like if he wants to be looked at, you know, from a, from a, you know, the perspective that he's a, he's an angel. He's, he's fooling himself. Yeah. He's a total prick. Um, I mean, I, I got no time for him, but I mean, how, if he wants to come pitch for the twins and throw 200 innings, I'm in. And I'm not even talking about Trevor Bauer here. He's one of the, the, the case studies, but how do you feel about players getting suspended for things that are deemed to be not, not necessarily not illegal, but not punishable, you know, in a, like in a criminal court, like if it's a civil issue, and getting, I understand they they are they have these player conduct policies and things like that. How do you feel about you know the NFL cracking down on? And again, I'm not talking about Deshaun Watson specifically. I'm just saying players are are put in front of a legal system. The legal system says, "Sorry, there's not enough there," and then these players are still getting suspended by their leagues. Do you think the leagues just have a right to do whatever they want? Well, let's pin this back and and look at it from your perspective for a second. You're a small business owner, right? You have employees that work for you. Those employees do have personal lives. But if something they did or something they posted came back to you as the small business owner and you thought that was detrimental to your business, would you do something? You would want to. Um, could you? But there's, I don't. I don't know that you could. I, See, I don't I know think that you, you can. I think you can. I think you can say like, because don't don't companies have the right to look at people's social media and during the hiring process? Certainly during the hiring process, but I don't know if you, I mean you could probably fire them, but you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. Will you? I mean, you're, you're trying to tell me you couldn't fire somebody justifiably because they did was conduct detrimental to your job site. Like to your employment, like your yeah. business, if it was, your if brand? It was, yeah, if it was specific, I think you could, but I don't think you could fire someone for, you know, free speech, not something that has nothing to do with. Well, yeah, insurance. I mean, if, if they go out and talk well, about election denial or something right. like that, okay, that's right. that's fine. It's your opinion; you can have it. You're an idiot, but you can have it. Right, but what I'm saying is, if they go out and say something that you know your customers are going to look at and say wow these guys are dipshits really that's how they feel or or they're voicing their opinion this uh you know this strongly i think if he got on there and it could said be detrimental to your brand but it's not specific to your brand and i don't think you could do anything but yeah what if he gets up there and no one's like state farm sucks and ty then sh- ty sucks yeah then i think you can but i'm not so sure that you know this might be tomato tomato with you know what is what is trevor bowers deal it's not like he specifically targeted the MLB and made sure that. No, that's know, true. I don't know. But I think it's conduct detrimental to a certain, like I, here's what I know. Like I used to work for a big time cable company and they made it very clear. Like if you go out after work and you're wearing the time Warner gear, like you got your uniform shirt on something like that and, or anything that has our logo on it and you get in trouble, like it's grounds for dismissal. Cause if you make our company look bad, we're going to get rid of you. And they make that, they made that clear. So like you, like if you were going to go out that night, you're like, I better change shirts. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I better not have anything identifiable to me if I'm going to go out. Not that I get into trouble, but like you had to be aware of that. And I'm just saying, like, especially when you're a big time employee, big time, right? And you and you are the face of a team, and they are compensating you very, very well. I'd like to think they'd have a say over your personal life a little bit in the sense of, hey, if we're getting negative press because you're being a total idiot and potentially a scumbag, like we're going to have to, we're going to, we're going to put the boots to you. Like we're going to, we're going to make you pay for it. And I guess I see that. So I guess they have the right to do that. Right. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to, I'm just asking the question. I'm just curious. And I would also say like, so I work in education for better or for worse. All there has to be is an accusation and somebody could sit out a couple of days while they investigate. Like all you got to do is say Anderson sucks and we think he's mean to the kids. And that's it. I have to, you know, there'd be an invest, there'd have to be a wide sweeping investigation and you wouldn't teach him during that time. Now you can be mean, they can dismiss it. But I mean, if there was real accusations there. And in the case of Trevor Bauer, there were real accusations. In the case of Deshaun Watson, there's real accusations. Yeah, the thing, real accusations. Yeah. The thing with Deshaun is it was the numbers were just ridiculous. I mean, it was there's no, a lot of massages. Yeah, there's no. Uh, I've never wanted a massage that bad in my life. Not one, and he's had like hundred of them. Right. Of course. <laughs> Deshaun's kind of the one I throw out. Like I don't know. I don't know how he wasn't punished criminally. I have no idea. Who Makes could no say? Sense. Yeah. Interesting stuff. All right, let me wind it down with this one. It wouldn't be us if we didn't talk a little golf. The Rory Patrick Reed stuff over the weekend. Did you catch it? Your thoughts. By the way, Reed looks like he cheated again. It's so fascinating. P. Reed is just an incredible. You want to talk about just an unbelievable dipshit? Like, that is Patrick Reed. Like, he might be the worst person I'm trying to think if he's like top five worst thing to happen to America. Like if I've got him fifth behind like Pearl Harbor and 9-11, like something like, like I think he's like fifth. He's like right behind it. It's like slavery, uh, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, uh, Lincoln slash JFK slash MLK assassinations, Patrick Reed. <laughs> um, Is it possible that he's there? So we talked about LeBron. So I'm, for those at home, I'm drawing a straight line, and then LeBron just kind of gone downhill, right? Yeah. Patrick Reed was on that straight line, kind of shot up after the Ryder Cup, and now he's just gone downhill from there. But it's a, it's precipitous. I think that he enjoys it, right? He likes to he likes to act like oh, I don't know why everybody doesn't like me. I'm just being myself. Oh, and his wife is know. just a colossal. Just I mean, she's probably gonna sue me if she hears this pod. But what a colossal twat waffle! Holy cow, is she impossible to listen to? Yeah, Kayla and I were having that conversation recently, not specifically about Patrick Reed and his wife, but just about wives and you know, like uh, you know, Adam Thielen's wife has been putting stuff out on social media about how Adam wants to go somewhere where he's. Uh, yeah, and that's value, yeah, insinuating she go, that he's not valued. She can go fly a kite. We've yeah. paid that guy really well, and right. he's been handsomely compensated. And we love him in this town. Probably could attribute all of his career to the shot he got with the Vikings. So, um, Kyle Rudolph's wife, his last year here, uh, was complaining about his targets on social media. Um, spouses, whether male sports, female sports, just stay out of it. 
Yeah, shut you the know? fuck up. Nobody I think, wants to I, listen I to think you the talk. athletes should shut up too. I mean, I just like they should too. It's like play your sport if you don't if you don't like the way you're used in the offense or you know with us you know with the team you're with. Don't sign a contract, right? Just yeah. I don't want to hear all it. these contracts are short. You can get yourself out of them in a minute if you want them. Right. Go behind the scenes and be like, hey, I gotta go. This isn't for me. We do that all the time in the real world, right? Like when you're at a job and you're just like, you know, I've been here like a month or a year or two years. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it anymore. I, I, can I, I'm going to get out. I'm going to, can you help me get out? Like help me get out of here a little quicker. Like be, think, a, be a sport. I think Patrick Reed likes the fact that he's hated sadly. Um, yeah. He I likes the black, likes wearing the black hat. Yep. And the Rory stuff, like I think that Rory has not, Rory and JT have taken a lot of gruff. Like they haven't come out smelling like roses, but they've had to take like a hard stance. Right. And it's not always going to make sense. Phil's going, coming out and saying, Oh, look, Rory's in a tournament paid for by Saudi money. And blah, it's blah, not, blah. he was in Dubai. It's a big difference. Right. It's not the same thing in the UAE than it is in Saudi Arabia. And it's these guys, the these guys have had to kind of be martyrs in a way, right? They've taken a lot of gruff that they probably don't because all these other guys are just fading into the background, right? Where's Scotty Scheffler? Like, where are these guys? Are where's Patrick Cantlay? Why don't they ever open their mouths? Like, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna defend these guys and stand by them, then go play live, right? Some people might not have an issue with the guys who are just, you know, shutting up and playing golf, whatever. But these guys are are the ones totally backing your brand and they're just being drugged through the mud. And I'm not a big fan of it. Everybody knows my stance on live versus the PGA. I think that live is bad for golf. Um, you could make the argument that it's competition and, and nobody should see it that way, but I don't see it that way. Um, I don't think it's doing anything for golf. Um, I don't think that they made any real, uh, you know, they like to act like, Oh, we wanted to work with them. No, you didn't. You, and you they, didn't. and they, they really don't. When you take a look at what's happened, because Tiger says, hey, get rid of Greg Norman, we can talk. And what ended up happening over the last week is all the people on the board have basically resigned and Greg has all the power now. So like instead of getting rid of the one guy that could have brought everybody together, instead you're doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on the one numbnuts that everybody doesn't like. Right. And nobody ever has. So the T story, right? Is that where you were starting? Yeah, the T story. Yep, the, with P. Reed. So P. Reed was walking by Rory. Was it on the range? Yeah, on the range. He and goes to shake hands with Harry Diamond. Flipped a live T, right? At yeah, because Rory. Rory doesn't want to shake his the hand. other way, right? Rory doesn't want to shake his hand. Yeah, Rory's is kind of busy doing his own thing. And as Rory's put it, like, hey, his lawyer sent me a subpoena on Christmas Eve. Uh we're not talking like I'm right. not interested in talking to a guy whose lawyer brought me a subpoena on Christmas Eve. Rightfully so, I would say. Right. And so like and Reed was like, oh, if he wants to be an immature child about it, it's like, no, no, that would be you suing everybody for a quarter million dollars every time you get pissed off. After you game paid dollars. ridiculous amounts of money. I thought that was the whole point of going to live is you were being paid all this money. So you don't need to sue anybody. But no, everybody's it. mean to him. That's just it. That's He's it. the immature child. It's like, oh, they're saying mean things about me, so I'm going to sue him for $250 million. A court, it, it reminds me of the scene in Austin Powers when, like, uh, 
Dr. Evil goes, I'm suing, I am gonna, I demand $100 billion in 1963. And the president laughs going, that money doesn't even exist. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. We'll just ask for a gajillion dollars then. Why don't we just do that? That's exactly what this feels like. It feels like he's just standing there going, my feelings are hurt and my feelings are worth $300 million. And it's, I, it's laughable. It's it's utterly it laughable. And then Patrick Reed used binoculars to find this ball up in a tree. Even though there are literally seven or eight balls in the one camera shot, and they're all probably pro V1s because it's only pros that are playing on that course, basically. But he's like, nope, that's my one identifiable marker on my golf ball. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is, is people let him get away with it, and it's so embarrassing. I want a rules official one time to say, no. Sorry, bro. I got to call bullshit on that. There is no way that's your ball in the tree that you can identify. Sorry. Can't do right. it. Unless you're ready to shimmy up that tree right. and see it for yourself. And for I'm those saying that's not your ball. You don't know. It's especially heinous because you don't have to go up and get that ball. Right? Yeah, you don't. I. <laughs> he is the most. And it's like. How come you're the only guy who can't who who has all the rule problems then? How come it's just you? Like, how come it isn't Roars every week? You know, how come it's not Xander Shoffley or Jordan Spieth? I mean, who the hell is spraying the ball more than Jordan Spieth? And Spieth doesn't have three times the rules issues that Reed does. I just thought like it was so poetic that Reed that uh, Rory wins the tournament over Reed. Because it was like, God, what if that would have gone the other way? By one shot, thankfully. What would the live guys and the trolls on live have been saying if Reed beat Rory heads up at the end? If there's, anybody, a- if there's anybody talking well of live online, it's got to be a bot, right? Well, not really. Because like, well, James Hahn is bizarre. He's a PGA Tour guy, but all he does is defend live players online. Yeah. James Hahn is an idiot. Yeah. Holy cow, he might be the stupidest player I've ever met. Luke LV, Hank Haney, like they ride for live. I think they're begging for a live deal. Like right. they must be just like absolutely just trying to get into that thing somehow. Like, hey, get me, get me a deal in there, somebody. Get me some of that Saudi money. I'm gonna want a little bit of that. And he hasn't gotten any yet, but they're gonna keep trying to ride for it. Good luck. The schedule just, for Liv looks awful, by the way. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I did. How excited are you for El Chameleon in three weeks' time? Not at all. On the CW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another And they're paying them. They're not even getting money from the CW. They're literally paying the CW to put that thing on the air. Are you going to watch? No, I don't watch the CW for anything. What, am I going to get a Gilmore Girls rerun? No. I don't watch it for anything. The CW is terrible. Nothing good on that channel. It's not for no. me. Right. One I'm not tree watching help. that. Yeah. What are we going to do? Unless they're going to run. Yeah. If they, if after the golf, they can promise me like a one tree hill, uh, marathon and I can binge like seven episodes of that. Then maybe we could talk. Yeah. But I don't that, see them doing that. That is laughable. 
that they ended up on the CW. And what if that is the lead-in? What if they're like, you know, heading into the hey, stay tuned for Live Golf. Uh, but first, here's uh here's another episode of the new Walker, Texas Ranger, followed by the the newer, lesser interesting whose line is it anyway? Followed by the newer, lesser interesting episode of Smallville. You know, it's like it everything they do is less interesting. Yeah. Good God, man. Oh, Ty. Anything else you got on that? No, Good for just, Max Homa, by the way. Speaking of golf, Max Homa winning again. Right. Go that Max guy Homa. is starting to catch a little fire here. He did this last year, too. He's a California guy. He seems to yeah. just win in California. Yep, he likes to swing. Um, yeah, live golf sucks. Um, and I will say that I'm excited about golf this year. I'm not necessarily excited about the everyday tournament. Like, live has kind of ruined that. Um, but the majors will be the majors will be the majors. They really will. Um, they will be hot. Whether it's the PGA yep. Tour, PGA Championship, you know, where there will be no live guys, or the Masters, where there will be some live guys. It'll be exciting either way, right? Golf, good golf on good golf courses is it is what it is. So I don't think that's going to change. And something will, uh, you know, a, another shoe will drop here. The other shoe will drop with live well, golf, right? I I, I don't we think can't live got- like this. They don't have like a fourth of the juice that they did last year, I don't think. And really, uh, the problem that they're having is that a lot of their, first of all, their schedule when they talked about, hey, we're going to have more time at home. I'm not seeing that. The schedule's February to November. All over There's the world. Four, all over the world. There's 14 mandatory weeks plus the four tournament, the four majors. If you're, if you're a lot of the guys, you know, if you're a DJ and you're a Phil, and you're a Kepka, and you're a re- and a Reed. Even you're a recent major champion within the last five six years. You have exemptions to a lot of these tournaments. You know, so you're going to now play eighteen times, which is what you were playing on the PGA Tour. But instead of playing eighteen times in America, you're playing eighteen times all over the world, and you're finishing your year in November in Saudi Arabia. I mean, in the middle of the night when the American audience won't even watch it. Right. Like I don't know what I don't know what you're doing. I gotta be honest with you. Like I have no idea what that what that looks like. That looks that sounds awful. And the the venues are not interesting at all. Like yeah. there's not one venue that I'm like, ooh, that's exciting. Who Nothing. Would've, who would have taken them on that you thought they could have played at? You know, I don't know. But like if you're if you're a I don't know. I think if you're like a, a course that's, you know, maybe been spurned for a U.S. Open or somebody that's kind of like, I, not to say that, I mean, maybe not a Hazeltine or something like that, but you would have thought a, t- a, a tour stop or a major championship venue that kind of fell out of the rotation would have made a move, right? Whether it was Chambers Bay or, you know, it was... You know, some extravagant course in Australia, like Royal Melbourne, you know, something like that. You know, they're going to Australia. They're not playing Royal Melbourne. You know, like, how do you do that? They're going to England and they're playing the Centurion Club. They're not even playing like a proper Lynx course. It's probably that these courses said no to them. That'd be my best guess. That would be my guess as well. But it's like there's all these great major big time venues and they're not exactly hosting a major anytime soon, but yet they couldn't lock in. Like they couldn't get any of these guys to say yes to them. They're playing a couple of shitty courses in Arizona and one in Oklahoma. 
Like they're not even playing Karsten Creek in Oklahoma. They're playing like the uh, a course that's not even as good as that. Like I don't know. It's just a bad. Sk- it's it's not good. But don't my point it. is like, and they're plus they're played plus they're playing the Saudi International. So I don't think these guys really understand how much golf they're playing. I'd like to pull Phil aside and go, Phil, you said you wanted more time at home. Well, you're playing the Saudi International this week. You just got on a long plane ride to play that. You're playing the other 14 live events. So there's 15. You're playing four majors. There's 19. You're probably going to jump into one or two other DP World Tour events because you always played the Scottish back in the day until the DP World Tour thing gets ruled in court. They have to rule on that in a court first because right now the guys can play it. Maybe they get ruled against, maybe not. But I'm just like, I'm counting 20 to 21 tournaments for Phil that are mandatory this year. Like, I guess I don't see the break. Right. So somebody's got to explain it to me. And he was on kind of a a cake uh, schedule with the PGA Tour, right? Those guys don't have to play 30 golf tournaments a year. No. And they certainly don't have to travel overseas a single time unless they want to play the major. That's it. They don't have to leave. Yeah. It's not even close to the same thing. So I don't know. Uh, Good stuff, Ty. We're going to keep an eye on the golf, and we're going to keep an eye on all these other things. This was a nice little potpourri. We got a lot done tonight. Anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? Nothing. Thanks for listening. We emptied the the notebook. Yeah. We got to do this again very soon. A couple times a month, we got to get you on the pod. Yep. We've already decided, too. I made an executive decision. So, Ty, you need to join us for the draft pod this year. And I think you're going to join us for the over-under podcast in the August. And then we got to figure out a way to get into the NFL pod a little more often next year. We're going to work you in. Sounds good. We're going to work you in a little more. You're definitely always going to be our sub. Yep. But I think we got to find a way to get you a more a more interesting spot in the rotation. Okay. But start planning ahead now. If Ryan and Zach start listening to this pod, then I will gladly pinch it. On the way out, Super Bowl prediction. Oh, I want Kansas City to win because I don't like Philly, but I think Philly's I think Philly's a more complete team. I think they'll win. Mm. Yeah. God, yeah, I can't have Philly win. I gotta root for Kansas City just because I can't. I can't. I cannot. And there's the I state cannot. farm angle. They're just Kansas. they're just they're just F word insufferable. We cannot handle it. Right. All right, buddy. Tyus, it's so good to see you. Uh, off to a simulator, you and I go very soon, and uh, we will catch up uh, soon. We it won't be it won't be another month before we touch base again. We'll get yeah. we'll get back at it. And thank you again for listening, everybody. Thanks to my good guy Ty once again. Leave con- leave a comment, share, subscribe. Uh, I'm at timpodcast.podbean.com, Facebook.com/slash timpodcast. You can send me an email, timpodcast1 at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, Mr. Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson Pod on Twitter, and you can subscribe to the pod uh, on all of the major podcast carrying platforms. And we urge you to uh, subscribe, share out, tell a friend, leave a comment, all that good stuff. So till next time, for Ty, this is Tim saying, keep your head up, and we will see you. 